What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 12 of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, a Broom Dog. And I feel like, Kurt, our entire audience can already hear it in our voices full of life, full of energy, full of excitement, no depression to be found because there is just not a single bad thing happening with the New England Patriots. We're on top of the world, right? Wait, we're not here to talk about the Celtics? Oh shit! You're right. My bad, Kurt. Restart. Started up again. Fired up. <clears throat> What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode <laughs> number one of our new Celtics podcast. Uh, my name's Kurt, and fuck this Patriots. And we're playing the banner. Banner eighteen. Here we go. There, there it is. Love it. What happens first? The <sighs> Patriots score eighteen points in a game. <laughs> oh no! Or the oh, Celtics no. drop banner eighteen. Oof. At this point, uh, fast PP might average 18 points a game before the Patriots average 18 points a game. I'm just throwing that out there. Congratulations to Peyton Pritchard, the newest, <laughs> the newest uh, rich man in Boston. What do you do? Four years? Yeah, four years, 30 mil. Um, I don't want to be this guy, but now that you've got me thinking about this, should we make a legitimate wager on? It probably can't be Brown or Tatum because they're going to score too much. It, it might have to be Peyton Pritchard on who averages more, the Patriots this whole season or him. Like, we might have to make a legitimate better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's going to play enough. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's like, Maybe it's like Porzingis or Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Um, you know, we're having fun despite it being miserable in New England. Right I will take Drew Holiday on that. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. Now I'm thinking... You know what? Okay, we're gonna after this for our new Banner Eighteen podcast, we're gonna cook up some spectacular bets that are gonna have us feeling hyped about the Celtics. So I don't, I, I'm not gonna try to cook in the moment anymore because my brain is overloading with genius ideas. I'm gonna save those for our brainstorming sesh. But Kurt, let me just tell you, we're cooking. Yep, we're cooking. Uh, you know who's not cooking? Every single goddamn person associated with the New England Patriots, baby. Yep, because they fucking suck. Kurt, I mean, is like, I asked the question, is there anything to really say? Obviously, yes, we wouldn't be here if there was legitimately nothing to say. We are a Patriots podcast. So this is our job that we get paid millions of dollars per episode for to like produce and talk about and, and say stuff for. But Kurt, may I just si simply say all that and still ask, what is there to even say at this goddamn point after scoring not one, not two, not any number of points, but zero points this week against the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. 
we laugh so we don't cry. Um, yep. Bruno, I didn't think that at week five of the NFL season, I would be longing for the days of Cam Newton. Oh, not the Cam Newton. Demir Bird. Not the Cam Newton. Empty stadiums because fans couldn't go, not because they don't want to go. I miss the Matt Patricia offense. I miss the I miss Ryan Allen punting. I miss the uh, Jake Bailey punting. I miss uh, uh, Nick Folk. Long live Nick Folk. I miss so much. I miss Ryan Izzo. At this point, you're pretty much saying you miss COVID. That's how bad it is right now. I miss COVID. (laughs) You heard it here first. Maybe that's the pod title this week. We we miss COVID. (laughs) Get canceled for that. I mean, Kurt, if only the Patriots. Serious? We're going to get canceled. Oh, that's fine. I'll cancel the Patriots before we get canceled. Yeah. Um. But it it is crazy to think that like this season is going worse than the Cam Newton year and last year under Matt Patricia's tutelage. Like wrap that around your brain for a second. It's legitimately crazy for so many reasons. Like not only was Matt Patricia a bumbling idiot who was a defensive coach trying to do offense, not only was there fighting between him and Joe Judge, two guys who don't know offense about trying to direct the offense, but Bill O'Brien coming in is coming from University of Alabama coming with a pedigree of success and coming with the Patriots team very motivated to show that last year was a fluke. And instead it wasn't a fluke. It's somehow gotten worse. It, like if you try to make sense of it, you can't, that's never usually a good sign. I mean, I don't, I, and it, it's interesting because uh, you raised a good point with Bill O'Brien being at the helm of the offense. I don't necessarily blame Bill O'Brien but like this has gotten so bad so fast that it it i don't know where to really place the blame aside from everyone deserves it yeah i i was trying like i think one maybe maybe we'll talk about this now and kurt again kurt and i we're doing live reactions to each other we don't plan this shit out we just talk from the fucking hip we're just hip shooters out here we're gunslingers um framing that conversation in the sense of comparing coordinators from last year to this year is why I brought up Bill O'Brien. Much like you, I don't think leading up to this point, I was ready to say it's Bill O'Brien. And I'm certainly not saying it's all him. I agree with your take that like the coaching just all around has been abysmal. But Kurt, I mean, like he's running the offense. Like, yeah, Bill Belichick is there and has say, but like it was supposed to be Bill O'Brien's system. What did we hear all offseason? Simpler offensive language, more cohesive play calling, more rhythm getting guys in the right plays to fit their skill sets, and we're putting up goose eggs. We're, we're scoring love Bruno, in an NFL game. Here's what's crazy. We can't run the ball. We certainly can't pass the ball. <laughs> and when, I believe it or not here, when you can't do either of those things, <laughs> usually your offense sucks. And Kurt, don't forget we can't kick the ball. Oh, yeah. We can't punt and we, <laughs> we can't, can't kick field goals. Kick. There's nothing we can do. 
Uh, we can throw pick sixes because oh, in Jesus. Mac Jones' uh, short career thus far, he has as many pick sixes in Gillette Stadium as Tom Brady had in his 20-year career in New England. Just switch that around in your brain for a second. It's like Tom Brady's parting gift to us. People forget Tom Brady's final throw as a Patriot was a pick six. Little did, little did we know Mac Jones would just take, it, take that and run because that's all he'd be doing lately. The Brady curse. He, he fucking cursed us. He knew what he did. He knew what he did. Bruno, if it's not incredibly obvious to our uh, listeners at this time, we are starting with calling an audible and we're talking Pats to start because it would have just been in poor taste to sit here and be all excited about the commanders losing by 20 points uh, <laughs> right off the bat. Like We just got to get this off our chest. Bruno, I have some uh, offensive rankings here. That I think you might you might enjoy. That's not <laughs> right. that's not the right term, but just take that for what it is. Okay. Bruno, through five weeks, the Patriots' offense ranks in points per game thirty second. Mm. Bruno, how many teams are in the NFL? Thirty two. Yep. Okay. Yards per game twenty <laughs> sixth. Very nice. <laughs> not in the thirties. Yards per pass attempt twenty ninth. Okay, okay. Yards per rush attempt, 29th. Okay. EPA per play. Expected, expected points average per play, 32nd. Uh, uh, offensive success rate. Basically, is the play deemed successful? 32nd. EPA per drop pack, drop back pass, 32nd. Uh, EPA per rush, 32nd. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Bruno, to say we suck is <laughs> putting it mildly. The Patriots have averaged 11 points a game, and they're 11, 11 points per game. 55 points through five games is the second fewest in the NFL through a team's first five games in the last 12 Years. <laughs> Shit. When we talk about a level of suck, this is a whole new level of suck. That's how bad it is, Bruno. Kurt, there's it's like it doesn't even stop there because I didn't know half I some of those I knew. I didn't know half of those stats. And obviously, yes, on unequivocally we suck. But like you add in things like we Kurt Kurt, myself and Jason Lublin, our Boston crew, were texting about this during the game. CBS at one point put up a graphic. Uh, I think it's grown past this point, but there was a point in the game where we hit 30 straight drives. 30. 30. 3-0 straight drives without a touchdown. And we were joking that it only was as low as 30 was because we, of all people, Pharaoh fucking Brown <laughs> scored our last touchdown. <laughs> Which just makes which just makes you laugh the pain away when you say that something out loud. Kurt, you just it's like like are we at the point where us scoring points is surprising? Yeah. <laughs> because fuck that's that. fucking Bruno, crazy. hold on, hold on. Before fuck that, before that. Before even scoring a point, I'm surprised when we get a first down. <laughs> oh no. No, like we get a we uh, think about the start of the Saints game, right? Ramondre Stevenson, eight-yard carry on the first play of the game. Mac Jones, wildly incomplete on the next two plays. It's like, hey, that first play worked so well. Let's throw it twice. 
I mean, like you can second guess a lot of things. Bruno, the biggest thing that is hindering the Patriots at this point, three things. Number one, Mac Jones decision making. Terrible, trying to do too much, turning the ball over, no bueno. Number no two, bueno. the offensive line is just dog shit. Like so bad. Adrian Clem comes in this year. People are excited about it. Uh, Mr. Man, I don't know what you're doing, but it ain't it ain't great. Like Michael Wenu has gotten worse. Cole Strange can't be on the is not even on the field. David Andrews has been struggling. Trent Brown's your best lineman, and you don't even know if he likes football. Like <laughs> there are questions there. And then Bruno, it's 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 cohesive here, but it's they just have such a lack of talent everywhere. Such a like there are so many things where I question Bill Belichick, and we're gonna get to this in a minute, Bruno. But the Patriots just when you think back to like when the Patriots were, were respectable, I'm not even saying when they were they like they were really good, but just respectable. They would force you into turnovers and they wouldn't turn the ball over. Now all we do is turn the ball over and we can't force turnovers. The Patriots defense has allowed seven touchdowns this year. Mac Jones has allowed four touchdowns this year. Jesus Three pick sixes and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Scoop and score. So that's not good. And it's cur- it's crazy you say that about the defense because despite all odds and despite an absurd, absurd amount of injuries, losing multiple starters like every single game, our defense, low-key, has been wildly respectful, even downright good at points this year. And we're still this abysmal and we're still one and four. Like, Kurt, I know there's not that much of a difference between one and four and oh and five. It's one game. But think about how much worse we'd be if our defense somehow wasn't like limiting top NFL teams to taking away Mac Jones pick sixes with us winning the game. Like, that's another insane part of the season, too. We're wasting a courageous effort on behalf of the defense. Yeah. Well, we've wasted it. It's gone. Um, yeah. It w- <laughs> Hmm. We've just come a long <laughs> way in two weeks because when the Patriots were sitting at one and two, they had just beaten the Jets for a 15th straight time. It's like the moral victim. I miss moral victories at this point. Like, <laughs> that's fucking sad, but so do I. So, you know, week one, you, you really should have beat Philadelphia, and the Patriots gave a pretty decent performance. Like, right. Offensively and defensively. Offensively, two turnovers early, the pick six. <clears throat> Uh, the fumble by Zeke, you're down 17 nothing. Like, it is what it is. Um, but then you battle back, and you should have won the game. And then the next week, you you know, you have a tough game with Miami, but you limit Tyreek Hill, and you have them on the ropes at the end. And you, you don't win the game, but it is what it is. And then you beat the Jets. You're one and two. You got Dallas and the Saints. It's like, just show a little life. And <laughs> last week against Dallas was the worst loss of Bill Belichick's coaching career, followed up by the second worst loss in Bill Belichick's coaching career. But I might argue this week's loss was actually the worst because it was following the worst. Do you follow my logic? Well, yeah. Didn't didn't we used to be all? Th- speaking of things we were known for when we were good, weren't weren't Brady the Brady era Patriots known for having like an unbelievable record after a loss? Like we just almost never lost two games in a row, even two games in a row. Not not two of the worst losses of all time in a row. Just two games, period, in a row. Yeah. And it's so uh, – it, it, we, 
we were just so spoiled for so long and I knew it would come to this eventually. I like I but I I didn't I didn't necessarily think it was going to be this hard or like this this dramatic. Well, Kurt, I'm with you except well, I guess I'm with you, but like here's here's my thinking and maybe we're aligned on this. I knew we'd come crashing back down to earth, but I thought crashing back down to earth would be like stuck in mediocrity. Like 500 seasons like kind of what we were a little bit after brady left right for that for a little bit like starting with last year uh, not as much obviously as this year but then going to this year like i didn't think there was this much more room to fall you know what i mean like this is stunning to me that like we're setting records for how bad we are i never thought i'd see i I knew i knew at some point the patriots would just be like you know just another team like that was gonna happen eventually the fact that we've fallen this far and like we thought after last week, there wasn't more room to fall. We thought we were out of room. Like we thought we had fallen, and we discovered that we were still falling. Yeah, when like I legitimately say like I'm not pulling punches, I'm not being facetious. We are one of the worst three teams in football, and like that just is what it is. It's like the fucking Carolina Panthers, us, and like the Chicago Bears, maybe. Who won this week? I don't know. Like the Cardinals, maybe. But that's who you're with right now. Like, yeah, that's where you're at. And Kurt, you know what's crazy? Like, part of my take was talking about this week, so my brain might be a little affected by this conversation. But you can make a case that we're one of the more hopeless situations, or like there's the least to like about our situation than a lot of those teams. The Cardinals are bad. Kyler Murray is injured. So at least you can be like, Kyler Murray is not playing this whole year. So at least there's that. Bryce Young, yeah, he sucks, but he's still a rookie. He still was really good at Alabama. There's still time. There's still hope with Bryce Young. Yeah, he didn't have a great start, but like there's still hope with Bryce Young. The Bears, Justin Fields still in his rookie contract. After the last two weeks, I'm not saying he's now back to being the guy, but like clearly he's played a lot better the last two weeks. So you can kind of point to that. The only team that I think you can make a legitimate case is worse than us is the fucking Giants. And the only difference between us and the Giants is that they paid their quarterback $250 million or whatever. Like yep. That's the only team I think you can argue is legitimately worse off than us. I'm not even just talking about the worst. We still might be the worst. I'm just talking about a worse situation. We're either 32nd or 31st. Yeah. Nope. That's fair. And that leads us perfectly into... It is so clear and evident that Mac Jones is not the guy, right? It is so clear and evident. Where do you go from here? Like, what do what do you do? Because I can't believe we're saying this, but you're one and four right now. You go to Vegas this week. You're an underdog on the road in Vegas. Say you drop that game, you go to one and five. Your next two games are against <laughs> Buffalo and Miami. You're losing both of them. And now all of a sudden, you're one and seven. Please don't try to save the season. Please go get as many good draft picks as possible. And that leads me to the next point, Bruno. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't think Bill Belichick's the guy to fix it. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts when I say that? Well, first of all, I completely agree with your outlook on moving forward. I picked the Patriots to beat the Saints this week. I don't know why. I got sucker back into it, whatever. Kurt, 
Kurt was the voice of reason. He picked the Saints to win. He knew he based his word for word quote on on playing the uh, pick six this week was until you prove that you can win these games, I'm not going to pick you to win. I should have listened to Kurt because Kurt was fucking dead ass right about the Patriots. I would have said even two weeks ago, the Raiders was a winnable game. I don't think I'm saying that any fucking more considering how much what we did against the fucking Saints. I mean, it's not like I would be shocked out of this world if we beat the Raiders, but I certainly wouldn't am not expecting it. And spoiler alert, I'm not going to be picking it this week. So there's that. Then you lose to the Dolphins and the Bills, like you said. And Kurt, even after we face them, if we're one and seven, I'm, you know, just looking at our schedule, we're playing commanders and Colts. So winnable games in quotation marks. At one and seven, the team is definitely like done. Who's going to be trying or motivated at one and seven? There's no hope of anything at that point. So even though those teams aren't as good, I don't think you can even say we're in a position to win any games considering, you know, the team has almost given up at this point anyway. So like if we're one and seven, no chance. That leads me to Kurt's point. So again, I'm just backing up what you're saying. That leads me to your point. So Kurt, I think we all thought that after Brady, Bill was motivated by wanting to prove that he could still, he still got it. He could still do it without Brady. And there was COVID that was going on. You know, Cam Newton was an interesting experiment. We were, we were all willing to be like, okay, give him some time. Let's figure it out. Didn't help that Brady was winning a Super Bowl and making it to the playoffs with the Bucs in his two seasons. That didn't help things. Then it was Mac Jones. And I was like, oh, he's the guy. And we've been making excuses. But Kurt, here I am answering your question directly. A, he's done a fucking horrible job since Brady, right? And I get it. It's hard to replace the greatest quarterback of all time. Who has who has, who has has ever had to do that? No one, because Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Bill's the only one to have tried it. So that needs to be said, right? No one, no one, like, it's very hard to do that. You even see, like, Sean Payton trying to go from Drew Brees elsewhere, and he sucks dick, too. So it's like, it's worth at least throwing that out there. But Kurt, he's getting up there in age. He's going through fucking messy breakup with his not wife, but girlfriend, weird situation. He's just feeling the heat from the media. He's feeling pressure after pressure after each week. I don't even know if Bill himself wants to keep doing this because Kurt, like you said, there's no easy fix to the Patriots. Do I see Bill wanting to stick it out long-term and just have a bunch of losing seasons before making back to winning? I don't see him wanting to do that. And Kurt, I don't see Kraft wanting to do that either. So to answer your question, I don't think he's the guy for the rebuilds because I don't think any party wants that, including him. I think Kraft is over it. I think Kraft has kind of made that abundantly clear with some of the some of the the quotes he had before the year, yep. so on and so forth here. And it will be interesting because I think what again, I have no fucking idea if there's any truth to this or not. Right. But if you're Robert Kraft, right, you allowed Bill Belichick to get rid of Tom Brady. So under your regime as Robert Kraft, you allowed the greatest quarterback of all time to walk away. Now, if you fire Bill Belichick, you allow the greatest coach of all time to walk away. Like, what if Bill Belichick goes to, I don't even know where the fuck he goes. What if he went to Jacksonville, hypothetically, and turned Trevor Lawrence and that franchise into a bunch of winners. Like, now Robert Kraft is sitting there with his pants down twice, like, what the fuck did I just do? Or what What if he goes to Dallas? Mike McCarthy's a bozo. Jerry Jones would love nothing more than having an other old white guy down there with him. Like, like that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Bill Belichick would be scooped up in a instant if he was fired from the Patriots. So I wonder... I wonder if Robert Kraft goes to Bill and it's like, listen, 
you can coach this team. You're not you're not Bill Belichick, the GM anymore. You you've whiffed too many times. Does Bill say thanks? Go fuck yourself. I'm leaving. Or does Bill say fine? It is what it is. I have a hard time imagining Bill giving up any sort of power, even though evidence has shown the last Brady left four years ago. This is fully Bill Belichick's team in a rebuild, and they're dog shit. They have actually gotten worse each year. So it's like that track record doesn't really track. Um, Let's just think about it on the surface here for a second. From this year alone, okay? You you, you say last year one of the pieces you missed more than anything was having a third down back. You go out, what, did you get one? Nope. You have Ramondre and you have Ezekiel Elliott who are fine first and second down running backs, but they're both kind of slow. They're not very good in the pass game. You, that was the biggest part of your offense from Kevin Falk to Shane Vereen to James White, uh, uh, so on and so forth. Danny Woodhead, that was your offense for so long. Got away from it. No replacements. Okay? Think uh, think about how about let's go. We don't need DeAndre Hopkins. No, 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 no. We don't need D-Hop. Uh, we have Devontae Parker. They're the same person. Uh no, the fuck they're not. <laughs> no, um, they're not. no, they're not. Oh, you know, John U. Smith sucks. He's out. Let's bring in Mike Kosicki. Uh, I don't know if you've seen John U. Smith this year, Bruno. Fucking tearing it up in Atlanta. Tearing it up. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay, how about this, Bruno? The guy who stood in front of you for four years as an undrafted free agent worked his goddamn fucking tail off for you and just asked to be paid be paid fairly. And you said, there's the fucking door. No, thank you. You let Jacoby Myers walk. And then for the same goddamn price, you go out and you sign Juju. I'm always hurt. I fucking suck. Smith Schuster. <laughs> he is booty cheeks. He, he stinks. His knee is going to explode. His, his head exploded this last week when he got hit. So, <laughs> I mean, my, by God. He is bad. Uh, So you just look at some of those personnel decisions and it's like, I, I forgot a big one. Nick folk. That motherfucker was the most consistent kicker in the NFL. The last four years you had him. You're like, Oh, he doesn't have a big enough leg. Well, he's fucking 12 for 12 in Tennessee with four field goals over 50 yards. And Chad fucking Ryland is three of eight on the season. No, thanks. Patriots special teams for a second year in a row ranked 32nd in the NFL right now. A lot of 32s being thrown around for the Patriots <laughs> this year, Bruno. No, thank you. I just Shit. your personnel decisions are terrible. They're not good. They're not good at all. I don't know. I'm I've lost faith completely in Mac Jones. I've lost faith completely in Bill Belichick, the GM. Yeah, and Kurt, you bring so there, there is nothing to say other than you're unequivocally right about all of those GM points. I completely agree. I don't think there's a single person out there arguing, maybe outside of some draft choices, which are not even fully Belichick anyways. The whole scouting team does all those. Outside of like Christian Gonzalez and some other things, it's been an utter disaster, right? I think one thing I keep thinking about is your point about what Kraft would do or feel if he lets Belichick go. I think the key difference between Belichick and Brady is that even though Brady's season ended with a pick six to Logan Ryan in a loss, right? Even though that was how it ended, he was still at that time playing peak football. Like he was still Tom Brady. No one was necessarily saying, you know, people people weren't thinking he was going to go to the Bucks 
and not do well because he had lost his abilities, right? People were saying it's hard to go to a new team, learn a new offense, his first time ever playing for a team, not the Patriots, right? Like those were the reasons people were saying, not because necessarily they thought at that point he was going to fall off a cliff ability-wise. I think there's way more data on Belichick in his ability-wise, both as a coach and a GM right now, right? To differentiate that from Brady. So while I agree the optics are totally there, like having Brady walk away and having Belichick, whether it's walk away or you kick him away, whatever it is, optics don't look great. Even if he goes to succeed somewhere else, it's hard to imagine he would have succeeded somewhere else because of him. Like if he goes to inherit an already talented Jaguars or Cowboys or something team, I feel like that has more to do with those teams. It's it's not like people, I hope, would look back and be like, oh, if he had just stayed with New England, they would achieve success too. Where is this four years, this past four years, where he's been allowed to do that, shown you that he can do that, right? So where I'm going with all this, I don't know if I'm saying Kraft is firing him if we lose to the Raiders next week. That's not what I'm saying. It kind of feels like because of his history, it's almost one of those things where you just let the season ride out. Like, I would be very, very surprised. Unless we just, like, don't score a point the rest of the season, right? Unless it's something, like, that dramatic, I would be very surprised if it's, like, an in-season thing. But I completely agree. It feels like one of those things where you get to the off-season and you got to have that hard conversation. And maybe you say mutually parted ways. Maybe you call it whatever you want. But that feels like where we're going right now, Kurt. And I want to give you a second to respond. But while I also talk about where we're going in the offseason because you brought up where this point of where the Patriots are going we have to at least say this as well right it would be unbelievable if we ended the season with a horrible record and a great draft pick because at least we could reward ourselves for having such a bad season right and find an answer to Mac Jones I'm not saying that's great I don't want to live through a million losses I'm just saying at least it would be meaning something Kurt the problem is we're just getting so cock-blocked right now because there's two great quarterbacks in the draft. Caleb Williams, who's supposed to be the next generational talent, and Drake May from UMC, who's not as good as Caleb Williams, but he's also in that tier of like game-changing quarterback. The top two picks in the draft are the Panthers and the Bears, and the, Pan- the Bears have the Panthers picks. So it's really the Bears, two of the other worst teams in the NFL as well. So it's like there's really not even a feasible path, even if we are going to go this tanking route, of even getting a top draft pick. And then what are we doing? At pick number four or five? Are we taking like the third best quarterback? Like, I'm not saying that can't possibly work out, but it's like, you know, at least if we were being the worst team in the NFL somehow and had a chance at the number one pick, that would be something. We're going to need the Bears and the Panthers to fucking play their dicks off the rest of the season, Kurt, if we want a chance at that. Yeah, but I agree with you 100%. Um with that being said, however, I'd rather have the number five pick in the NFL draft than pick 15 again. Okay, that is true. That is true. But then because it's like, what terrifies what me, what, what terrifies me, Bruno, is if we are sitting at one and seven. No. Right. Let's say we win this week. You're two and four. You lose the next two, you're two and six. Right. Then all of a sudden, there are some winnable games on your schedule. Right. Whether it's the Colts without Anthony Richardson or whether it's the Giants, that game might set the NFL back 50 years, by the way. That's yeah. how bad that game is yeah. going to be. They should give tickets out for free for that one. Um, you have the Jets again. Like, I don't know. Say you go 7-10 and 10 and you have pick number 13 in the NFL draft. Okay. Like, I would rather that be pick 6 or pick 3 or whatever. Like... I don't know, Bruno. I I I don't know. I just what I do know is next year 
I feel like we keep saying this. Next year is the most important offseason in New England in a long time. You have the most cap space in all of the NFL next year. 150 something million dollars. You got some guys of your own who are up. Duggar, Uche. You all right? Like you got some dudes, Hunter Henry. Like some guys who are nice pieces to your team are up. And you're going to have to make some decisions and I just don't know, Bruno. If, like, if Bill's the guy to make those decisions anymore. Just to read this off, too, quarterback, looking at at quarterbacks. The free agent market is bleak. Kirk Cousins, would you, uh, like, if you could trade for Kirk Cousins right now, are you doing it? Absolutely not, partially because of Cousins, but also what does that solve for us? Right. That's not even doing anything. Here are the top... Seven quarterbacks in the free agent market next year. Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield. Oh, God. That is... Wait, Baker's already a free agent next year? He only signed a one-year deal with the Bucs. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, that's yucky, Kirk. That's yucky. That's stinky a poo-poo. It's stinky poo-poo, and that's kind of why, like... Like, here's where it feels like this is going. Like, it feels like this is – New England has fallen. We need a fourth movie in that series, Kurt, because New England has fallen. That's that's where we're at right now. The dynasty has fallen. Um, and if we're going to do anything moving forward, it feels like at more than any time it has ever even felt like this. Blow it all up, right? So if Mac Jones is not the guy and we're moving on from Mac Jones, it just makes sense if we're Bill is either not happy or he wants to leave or we want him to leave – like, I don't think you go sign a free agent quarterback. I think you just start it completely over. You know how they sometimes tie like a new head coach with like a rookie quarterback? It's like a tandem thing. The coach gets their quarterback, whatever. You get dueling contracts. You get some time to figure it out. That kind of feels like where we're heading to. So like you said, I'm almost glad the free agent quarterback pool isn't good because I'd rather just draft a guy at this point. I don't I don't want what's the point of signing one of those free agents who kind of sucks and maybe we'll have flashes of being good. We just need to we need to we need time. We need to blow it all up. I want one of those good quarterbacks that are in the draft. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I know. There are questions to be had, but I think this year is going to fucking suck, my friend. (laughs) So let's just embrace the suck. And Kurt, it's like, you know what's crazy? Like, you're going to laugh at me because we didn't think this after last week. It's like, it feels hard to say it's going to get worse from here. But like, it can. But like, we got shut out at home by a team that sucks. We couldn't score a point against the Saints, and we lost to the Saints. Like, we lost 34 to nothing. We didn't score a single point. We've already said this year we can watch not one, but multiple games with single-digit points, and one of them was zero. So it's like it feels like it can't get worse, but Kurt, if we do it again, that's fucking worse. And, like, Josh McDaniels never lost to Bill Belichick. Yikes. It's going to make me want to blow my brains out this week when Jimmy Garoppolo throws multiple touchdown passes to Jacoby Myers. And Juju's out. And yeah, just and, and Devontae Adams, now that we have no secondary, is just gonna fucking run wild on us. Yeah, it's I Max Crosby is going to eat the right tackle, <laughs> shit him out, and still make a sack on the same play. Just Kurt. mentally prepare yourself for emotional damage on Sunday. Kurt, I don't want to be this guy. 
we might have to file a motion to take the Patriots off of pick six because that's just going to be an automatic win for both of us every single week. Like a uh, win as in we're going to get the pick right. I have watched a lot of suits lately. I can put I can file that motion tonight. Like I, yeah, I'll be on the desk of whoever tomorrow. The attorney general. Let's let's fucking consider that, Kurt, because the pick six is supposed to have an air of mystery of suspense. It doesn't seem moving forward there's going to be that much suspense in the win-loss column for the Patriots. No suspense with the Patriots and no suspense if you keep fucking putting the Titans games on there because I will get it wrong every <laughs> goddamn time. Well, well, Kurt, I will say I went one in five this week. So old Bruno has come back with a force. The only game I got right was the most obvious game of the whole season, which was just pick the 49ers. So that's the only game I got right, Kurt. So at least you have that going for you. I just I gave only... you some ground back in the pick six standings. Yeah, I'm two games back. Now I think of you at three and three. Um, whatever. Bruno, I have one last question before we move on to anything else. Um, gun to your head. I'm going to give you a couple options, three options here. Four options. Who is the next head coach of the New England Patriots? Number one, Gerard Mayo. Number two, Bill O'Brien. Number three, some other coach in the NFL right now on another team. Or four, an up-and-coming coordinator, kind of like when the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniels, whoever. Some, like, not a household name. What are you doing? I will start with process of elimination. I don't think it's any other coach currently in the NFL, whether they get fired or quit or leave, just because... I don't feel like you are setting yourselves up for success because then the replacement to Belichick is another coach. I feel like if you're going to replace Belichick, you at least have to have the allure of it being either a fan favorite from the Patriots or a younger guy that you can be like, this is the next Mike McDaniels. To that end, I also don't think it's Bill O'Brien just because there is a track record to him. Not that he's the worst coach in the world, but there is a track record. Plus, he's in charge of the main one of the main things going wrong with the Patriots this year, yes, it's not all him. There's a lack of talent. There's Bill Belichick there. But it is like he is still in charge. Like that would be tough for Patriots fans if we're rebuilding to just get the guy from last year who led us to score zero points against the Saints. So that is not someone I see doing it. I think the favorite, if the betting favorite, if that's what we're calling it, is Gerard Mayo because he's been a fan favorite. He's been an organization favorite. He was interviewed for other coaching jobs and we tried our best to keep him here and we did. So it's like, I could see that happening. Plus, with Mike Vrabel doing well, there's even more credence to like maybe the defensive players that Belichick coaches can end up being good coaches rather than the offensive assistants or whatever things like that. If not for Mayo, though, it's definitely going to be some young coordinator guy who doesn't really give a fuck. He just wants his like first job and he's smart and he's new age. And we can sell the fans on like Belichick was a legend. He was great. He doesn't understand modern football. Like we'll just call the next guy, the next Mike McDaniel and say he's revolutionizing football. So I would say Gerard Mayo, number one, Young coordinator, hot shot, rising up the ranks, number two. And I don't think the other two are options. That's the Bruno analysis. Okay. Um, I think it's Gerard Mayo right now or bust, probably. Um, I th- There was an article today in SI already talking about potentially, like, where there is smoke, there is fire. Like, there, Bill Belichick's seat is hot. Like, so it's talking about if Bill Belichick's fired, Here's a group of coaches that would probably be on a short list for the Patriots. 
some of these names are mind-boggling, Bruno. I'm gonna I don't know if I'm ready for this. Number one is Eric Bienemy, the offensive coordinator now with the commanders, who was under Andy Reid for a million years. No. Bruno, the next name, I'm gonna tell you, the number two name on this list, you and I both might just have to say yes to. I'm scared, but I'm ready. Rich Basaccia. Oh my god, instant yes. I'm so back on the Patriots. If we hire a rich Basaccia, we're so back. back. We're so back. Um Dan Quinn. Yeah, the Cowboys defense has been pretty good, but I don't know. Uh Doug Marone, Cliff Oof. Kingsbury. No, no. Adam Gase. No. Imagine crazy eyes on the Patriots. I might quit being a fan of Adam Gase's coach. Like, no joke. You can hold me to that. And Nick Cayley, the old Patriots tight end coach. I, okay. Dude, this is fucking insane. It has to be Jerron Mayo. I mean, don't. Rich Passaccia. Kurt, our special teams are bad and he was a special team coach. I'm just saying. Rich Passaccia would be respectable. But I agree. Jerron Mayo is the guy. I guess the only argument against Gerard Mayo is that it feels like our defense is doing well. And maybe you say he needs some more coaching experience under his belt and we don't want to disrupt that. What we desperately need is modern day updated offense, better shit going on there. So maybe you say we want like a young offensive coordinator like Mike McDaniel, like Shanahan and the 49ers, like McVay, whoever that can like, change our offense so that would be the only thing making me nervous with Gerard Mayo is that not that I don't think he's capable not that he couldn't also just hire a hotshot offensive coordinator like he still could definitely do that and get rid of Bill O'Brien I just that would worry me if I'm the if I'm the Patriots because that's what we desperately need like moving forward we we need some fucking updated 2023 offensive shit nothing stuck in the mud garbage bad decisions from whatever shit we are 0-3 at home with the Lighthouse on the scoreboard. Get rid of both of them. Listen, the part of my take segments on the Lighthouse is, I don't know if you've been keeping up, are so fucking funny. I don't know if that was referencing part of my take or not, Kurt. But it was. That makes me laugh every fucking time. Shout out my boy, Hank. He His heart isn't even really into defending the Lighthouse. He just has to because they're attacking the Patriots and attacking the Lighthouse. I love that. He does the same thing I do where it's like, I don't even want to argue sometimes. I just have to. Like, I don't have a choice. I just have to argue. Hank's doing that. I love that it's escalating to people doing fucking investigative reports about if you can see the lighthouse from the river or not. But Kurt, the undeniable facts, and we know numbers never lie, unless... Unless you're Jamel Hill. Yep, we say that every episode. Um, <laughs> numbers never lie. And Kurt, the new lighthouse was maybe a try a, a reason to distract from how the season's going. But Kurt, fuck the lighthouse. Bad vibes. You, We have to see replays of the game on that big fucking screen now. No thanks. Bruno, I don't know. That's it for Patriots talk. I'm El Dunzo McTunzo with the Patriots. Yep. Dunzo McTunzo and Dito. Let's 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 do some other NFL games, shall we, pal? Oh yeah. All right, Bruno. Let's do this bitch rapid fire. All right, pal. Rapido, rapido, torpedo. Bruno, we start Thursday night football last week. The Bears have done it. The goddamn Chicago Bears have done it. It only took. 349 days between victories. And you know what? The last team they beat, you don't know this, they fucking suck. So, you know, it just checks out that way. But it's been 349 days since the Chicago Bears got a dub. They're back in the win column thanks to a 40-20 to victory over the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Bruno, number one, Commanders 
very confusing team. Take the Eagles to overtime last week. Lose by almost three touchdowns to the Bears this week. Somebody make that make sense. You can't if you tried. Bruno, I will say, the Bears got out to a 27-3 lead at half. And for a second, just a split second, it looked like maybe the Commanders were going to get back in the game. They did not, however, because this rhymes. DJ Moore slammed the door. Got a little Clydesdale right there. Um, Bruno, three touchdowns in this game. He had eight receptions for 230 yards and three TDs. That's fucking banana land. Bears back in the win column. Yeah. Also great for the Pats. We were talking some Pats. The Bears winning is music to our ears. So keep it going, Bears. Now we're Bears. Kurt, instead of we are all Patriots, like Robert Kraft likes to say, we are all Bears fans. That's uh, what we're just adopting now. People forget I've been a Bears fan for a long fucking time. Granby Bears. Go Bears. Oh, very good point. Very good point. Kurt, the next game is quite possibly a result of our favorite thing to do on the pick six that we've ever done. And what is that, Kurt? That's try to pick Titans games. Because you know what? At this point, we need to look at the stats. We're probably like one in 342 on picking Titans games. Kurt, the Titans played the Colts this week. The boys both picked the Titans on pick six. The boys both got a loss on pick six. Colts 23, Titans 16. Kurt, the big news before this game, Jonathan Taylor off the pup list. He's no longer a pup, he a dog. And what do dogs do? They eat. And what do they eat? They eat Ws, right? Jonathan Taylor got the W. However, wasn't even an individual W because guess what? He was an afterthought and the running back position on his team because Zach Moss, yes, I said it. Zach fucking Moss had 165 yard rushing and two touchdowns. Listen, again, this is one of those games that just makes you throw your hands up in the air. If the Titans continue to play Ryan Tannehill, that's just insanity. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Tannehill just gives you the same shit every time. It's fucking garbage. The Colts lost Anthony Richardson, didn't even really play Jonathan Taylor, and still somehow beat the Titans. That's just fucking sad. So, D-Hop, the good thing, uh, Kurt, good thing DeAndre Hopkins is on the Titans, getting eight catches for 140 yards, really making a whole impact, and I'm sure he's enjoying his life, so... Good for the Colts. Anthony Richardson is out for uh, a while. And as a Patriots fan, we're just smiling through the pain of not having Hopkins on our team. I will say for D-Hop, though, if he knew the Patriots were going to be this bad, (laughs) good for him (laughs) for at least using Nashville (laughs) over Foxborough. That's a a good point. For his sake. 15 love, Kurt. Thank you. Bruno, you know where he should have fucking went? Hmm. Detroit. That team's a fucking wagon. Wagon. Wagon, Bruno. Lions are a top 10 team in the NFL. You cannot convince me otherwise even if you tried try i, I can't no you can't because they are <laughs> bruno no amon ross st brown no jameer gibbs ain't no problem for the lions they roll 42 24 over the winless panthers i know panthers suck they're almost as bad as the patriots i'm <laughs> i trust me i'm aware okay didn't matter detroit didn't miss a beat Goff playing the best he's played since the 2018 year where he took the rams super bowl those were three touchdowns, ran one in on his own. Dude, I don't know. I'm all about the Lions. Maybe this is a Lions podcast, a Lions and Bears podcast moving forward because it ain't no Patriots podcast no more. Bruno, we've talked about it. Bryce Young, booty cheeks to start his career. Give it time. Let it marinate. But so far, cheekage. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. I just had a thought. I was like, wait, the Panthers don't need a quarterback. Wait a minute. Actually, okay. Okay. Sorry, big brain thoughts. You said Bryce Young booty cheeks. You made my brain explode. Not because I was thinking about booty. That happens sometimes too, but not this time. Kurt, I just put it together that even if the Bears have the top two picks, 
Oh, but they could trade one of them to someone jumping up for quarterback. Okay, never mind. Broke my brain, Kurt. I'll come back to that thought later. We are not a Patriots podcast. <laughs> We're a Panthers. We're a Panthers, Bears, and Lions above all else podcast. Kurt, what we certainly are not is a Dolphins podcast, yet I kind of wish we were because Dolphins are fucking good as fuck this year. In the words of Kurt Fields, Mike McDaniel, revolutionizing the game of football. In uh, the spirit of those words, Devin Achain and Tyreek Hill are the two fastest guys in the fucking universe playing football right now. Kurt, did you see that stat where Devin Achain set the record for fastest uh, running sprinting speed on a touchdown or on a play this year at like 21.9? And then like three plays later, Tyreek Hill said, hold my beer, 22.01 or whatever. They, they, they're both running fucking... They're both running more miles per hour than the Patriots are averaging points this year. So that's always a good thing to see. Um, they beat the the Giants 31 to 16. Kurt, who the fuck cares about this game? The only reason it was even a 15 point game, which is still a comfortable win for the Dolphins, is because two threw a 102 yard pick six. Yes, 102 yards. Uh, so this game was should have even been more of a blowout. I will say for the Dolphins, a chain, a chan, however you say his name. Uh, he's on the IR, some mysterious knee injury or something, so that sucks. I feel like fast guys sometimes, they just run too fast and their like, body parts explode. I think that's what, honestly what happened with him, so hopefully he gets better, I guess. Tyreek Hill, 180 yards and 8 catches, just does whatever the fuck he wants to do. Kurt, we referenced this a little bit earlier. Daniel Jones is fucking garbaggio. He's like double booty cheeks. If Bryce Young is booty cheeks, Daniel Jones is double booty cheeks. Kurt, the difference between Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and Daniel Jones is that... Two of those three quarterbacks don't have a $200 million contract. So if you're the Giants, you're fucking depressed right now. Because even if there's a conversation about who's worse, at least we're not paying garbage $200 million. Stay with me here. Bryce Young, booty cheeks. Mac Jones, hold on. Mac Jones, double booty cheeks. Daniel Jones, double booty cheeks plus the taint. Everyone loses. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. He's, it's an expensive taint, though, because he is a rich man, Bruno. Uh, Bruno, speaking of rich men. Joe Burrow and the Bengals back on track. Remember last week when we discussed how Jamar Chase said he was, quote, always fucking open? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man did not tell no lies. Man was always fucking open this week, Bruno. Uh, a steady diet of Jamar Chase was exactly what the doctor ordered for Cincinnati. Uh, Bruno, his stat line? 15 receptions for 193 yards and three touchdowns. In the 34-20 victory for the Bengals over the Cardinals in the desert. Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati offense, back on track. Bruno, they kind of hit a groove. Flushed that first month of the season. Can the Bengals get back on track? Oomst knows. Kurt, I mean, we're running out of things to root for this year. They were your Super Bowl pick, so I'm fine rooting for the Bengals. Fuck it. I mean, Patriots aren't going to have any say anyway, so uh, we will root for the Bengals to get back on track because what else are we going to do? Uh, Kurt... Okay. Back, 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 going back, 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 and it's gone. No, that's not the MLB playoffs. That is Philadelphia. Not the Phillies, but the Eagles beating the Rams this week, 23-14. Anyone who thought the Eagles would get their first L this week is an absolute buffoon, an absolute idiot. Could not be me. Because, Kurt, the Eagles have not lost this year, and they didn't this week. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles doing the damn thing. Um, They're certainly not winning pretty, Kurt, but sometimes the NFL, it's not knowing how to win pretty. It's just knowing how to win. So they're 5-0. Uh, four of their games have been one score or less. They're kind of the NFC equivalent of the Chiefs, who we'll talk about a bit later, who just are also winning most of their games, one score games. The difference is the Chiefs have lost, the Eagles have not, so I guess there's a difference there. Um, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Hurts, the, the, maybe some are calling the big three for Philly, combined for 75% of the offense for this week. 
Uh, and, you know, at least with the Philly, they're spreading the ball around. They're doing the damn thing on the offensive side of the ball. DeAndre Swift, I have him on one of my fantasy teams. He had a game earlier this year where he just went bananas. Sometimes it's also Devonta Smith, who people forget uh, is also one of the star receivers on the Eagles. Uh, you know, it's just the Eagles are a force, Kurt. And if they can just get some more consistency on offense, their defense is balling out. They got the whole Georgia squad back there balling out. If they can just figure out their offense. They might do the damn thing this year. So we shall see. We shall see, my friend. Bruno, what we did see on Sunday Night Football was an utter disappointment. We were too open to tune in for a close game. No shaboinga doinga 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 doinga. No <laughs> shot, Bruno. <laughs> Absolute beatdown out in San Francisco. 49ers roll the Cowboys 42-10. to Bruno. George Kittle had not scored a touchdown at this point in the season. Which in itself, one month in, a little surprising. He made up for it in a big way this week. Three touchdowns in this victory. He gave a big old fuck you to Dallas. Also, IYKYK, he had to lift his shirt up a little bit in the game. Wearing his fuck Dallas t-shirt. He's made some head headlines this week. Micah Parsons coming out saying like, oh, that's just personal. Ooh, homeboy, you just got steamrolled on national television. George Kittle, talk your shit. 49ers, Bruno, right now, one of the most likable teams in football. They're that good. I love Brock Purdy. I love George Kittle. I love Christian McCaffrey. Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in football. That team is fucking fantastic. Um, With that being said, it is time to give Brock Purdy his flowers. It is time. Mr. Irrelevant is relevant for many reasons. Yes, Kyle Shanahan is his coach. Yes, his offense is, is, is helpful to quarterbacks. Quick reads. Get the ball out, run after the catch, yada, yada, yada. That's fine. That's well and good. Brock Purdy is also well and good. Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. San Francisco looks like they're set up for a a, a very special season out in the Bay Area. Bruno, on the flippity flop side of things, it just, I have this weird sensation. The Panamanian pal agrees with me. Dak and Mike McCarthy will only take you so far. They will beat the they will beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They will get to the bright lights, the big stage, and they will shit down their fucking leg. Bruno, they're not going to win the big games with those two at the helm. Absolutely not, Kurt. Um, two quick things to add on to the points you made. Number one, you you were on the Brock Purdy train before this evening even started. I was a doubter. I was a hater. You were saying no, 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 49ers best team, and that's because of Brock Purdy. So credit to Kurt for yet another thing he got correct. And another thing I'll add about George Kittle, which I th- thought was funny, in addition to the fuck Dallas shit that he was saying, in interviews after the game, he basically was like, oh yeah, Lions tight end Sam Laporta, who's a rookie and also from Iowa, where Kittle went to school, is doing the damn thing, scored touchdowns. Kittle's like, fuck you, bitch, I'm going to be the best tight end from Iowa playing the NFL right now. He even scored on literally the same play that Laporta had scored on earlier in the day. Kittle, I don't know how true this was, Kittle saw the play set the tape to his offensive coordinator. I was like, we're doing that. And then the coordinator, whoever it was, is like, no, we're doing it better. So shout out Kittle. Just so fun to root for. 49ers just as a whole, so fun to root for. Kurt. Yes, sir. Speaking of teams that are fun to root for, you're not going to find any amount of teams in this next team above zero that are fun to root for because we're talking Packers and Raiders, and we're talking a shitty fucking game, Kurt. Uh, Raiders 17, Packers 13. Both these teams wanted the other team to win. There's really no other conclusion to draw from this game. Um, Josh McDaniels stinks at coaching. Um, luckily, there's other coaches performing worse than him right now, but without a doubt, he stinks at coaching. They were trying to hand the game to the Packers, and Jordan Love said, respectfully, hold my beer, hold this W, because I'm throwing three picks and giving the win back to the Raiders. So the Raiders win, 
Jacoby Myers, our boy, Josh Jacobs, the Raiders stars making the big plays they needed. They barely get the dub, but again, the dub is a dub. Kurt, who really cares about this game? The only thing really to talk about right now, which we kind of already did, was next week, the Raiders playing the shitty fucking Patriots in a game that literally could just be a nail in the coffin for a season that has just been numerous nails in the coffin already. Kurt, I mean, is it a mortal lock that Jacoby Myers goes to touch on this week? Is that a mortal lock? Yeah, I mean, I still go back inside job last year where he th- where he threw the ball to Chandler Jones, Ooh. and Chandler Jones scored a touchdown inside job. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's fucking proof right there. Proof is in the pudding. It is in the pudding. Bruno, do they eat pudding in London? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Okay, why don't you ask our London correspondent? But they eat motherfucking Cheerios, pip pip Cheerio, Bruno. London time, Bruno. London has a home team. It does, and it's home to the fucking London. Jaguars. Yep. For no. London Jags. <laughs> absolutely hold serve at home. Serving the American Bills. Those fucking American Bills. Those fucking American dumbass Bills. Uh, hot heap of deuce this week, Bruno. That's it. Just a big old poopy. That's it. Poopy yep. pies. Poopy pie. In London this week. Bruno, Jags 25, Bills 20. Um, but it, again, back-to-back weeks, the Jags have been in London. It has gotten to a point over there where that is their team. Like, London is is home to the Jaguars. Jaguars have two homes. No, they have one, and it belongs in London Town. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruno, if you if you look at this game, there were some sus things going on before the game even started. Mm-hmm. All right, it starts like which is called spade a spade here. I think the Bills are a better team than the Jaguars, but they appear that they have outsmarted themselves, outwitted mm-hmm. themselves. And they kind of just straight up beat themselves. They tried to outsmart time zones. Who do you think I you t- are? Uh, you can't do that. Can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you think you can, but you can't. Josh Allen might think he can. He can't. Sean McDermott, you certainly can't, no. pal. Uh, Bruno, so they, they tried to be, literally outsmart time zone. That never works. They flew overnight Thursday, arrived on Friday, and then tried to stay up to normal U.S. times. You know what that leads to? What does that lead to? London falling. <laughs> London bridges falling down True. right on your fucking head. True. Okay? Bruno, I mean, like, what are we trying to do here? Like, again, just go to fucking sleep. Believe it or not. Just sleep. Just sleep. UConn basketball. Sleeping pods. You should try them. Facts. They're actually kind of nice. Home to, home to the national champs. Bruno. Again, you can say they lost the game beforehand, yada, yada, yada. Let's get into some football here. Travis Etienne, healthy this year. Obviously, his rookie year was spoiled a little bit by injury. Well, not a little bit, a lot of it by injury. He's back, balled out for the Jags. 136 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Both his touchdowns came in the fourth quarter. Also, uh, Matt Milano, the star linebacker for the Bills, hurt in this game, out for the year. Huge loss. That's, you know... Two weeks in a row, they've had massive losses yeah. to that defense. Tredavious White again, and Matt Milano again. This is a defense that lost Tremaine Edmonds. Like, ugh, Von Miller's older. This is not good for that defense. So, I don't know. It's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, in this one, too, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. A little bit of a game manager in this one. Um, he has so much variance in his game from game to game or even series to series. It's like you the next step for him is a little more consistency. 
Um, he had 315 yards through the air, uh, tutty to Zay Jones, and uh, he, he's he been making Calvin Ridley look like a bona fide number one. I still can't believe the Falcons traded him for literally pennies on the dollar. Um, on the other hand, that's all well and good. Then he loses two strip sack fumbles in his own territory and almost gives the game up to the Bills. So he's got to clean it up. The Bills don't try to play with time zones. Don't play in London. That is not your that is not your continent. That is a Jaguars continent. That what they own all of Europe <laughs> from this point forward. That that's simply not your continent. That's not a line I think we'd be saying, Kurt. But that's not your continent. Get off. Go home. Get out. Get out. Get off that continent. I'm gonna start. Yeah. That. Get off that continent. <laughs> that's fucking gold, Kurt. Kurt. Woof. We're back in America, baby. And one of the most American places you could be is Pittsburgh. You know, people always say, oh, those Steelers. Oh, those honest Americans. Oh, those this. Oh, those that. Kurt, they're saying, oh, those Steelers this week because in another edition of one of the most glorious, wonderful, great football rivalries of all time, Steelers-Ravens, and maybe one of the uglier editions we've ever seen of this rivalry, the Steelers win 17-10. to 10. I, if you're the Ravens, I just I can't even like what even, what the fuck is going on? This is the second game in three weeks after they lost that game to the Colts two weeks ago that the Ravens are coming out of this being like literally what the fuck? This was such a bad game, and the Ravens should have, could have, would have won this game. Everything of uh, all olive, olive, olive garden breadsticks. Kurt, I don't even know what I don't even know how many breadsticks the Ravens need. They should have won this game. I don't know how the fuck they didn't, Kurt. They the Steelers scored 17 points and won by seven. I know that's how math works, but Kurt, what the fuck? The Steelers. Listen, we're no the fucking dumbass Ravens. Maybe they should get shipped off the continent too. Fuck it, Kurt. Well, get off the continent. We'll just say that for every team that loses. Uh, Patriots. They're not on this continent uh, for the rest no. of the time. Get off uh, the planet. Get the off Patriots. the planet. The planet. Uh, uh, maybe uh, Matt Patricia can fire us up a rocket ship like the rocket scientists see us and blast us off to space. Um, Kurt. In other not really continent but country news, the Steelers have been trying to send offensive coordinator Matt Canada to Canada. I don't think he's from yeah. there. They just want him out of the U.S. and into Canada because they have been fucking bad. Kurt, the Ravens went up 10 nothing, and it was looking like the Steelers weren't going to score a single point. Luckily for the Steelers, they have a great defense. Unluckily for the Ravens, they just completely pooped their pants like Lamar in like 12 games last year. Uh, because after the Ravens went up 10 nothing, Kurt, there were five more scoring plays, and every single one of them was by the Steelers. You know how fucking funny that is that they scored 17 points and scored five times, Kurt? That's just fucking laugh out loud funny. Kurt, let me read you this fucking highlight reel of points from the Steelers. We got a field goal, 10-3. We got a blocked punt for a safety, 10-5, baby. We got another field goal from the Steelers, 10-8. They've scored three times, and they're still down by two points. Then, the best play of the game, the only good play of the game, a sick 41-yard touchdown pass from Pickett to Pickens. George Pickens just makes outrageous catches. This is another one of them where he beat the coverage made an outrageous catch. That put them in the lead, and then they had a late field goal to save the day. So again, it's not like the Steelers are lighting up over here, but they did what they had to do. They're lucky they have their good defense, even though, did you see that report today that was literally put out by TJ Watt's agents that was like, TJ Watt ripped his finger off of his hand said he didn't care state of the game is not getting surgery and it's not missing any time that was like the most what agent story literally of all time i mean it's probably true but like so like what we're talking um yeah what are we doing but it's just one of those things where it's like dude the texans just put up 30 against this team the ravens can't even put up a third of that i don't want to do math kurt but that's some fucking math and that math is fucking bad so 
I don't want to, I don't need to keep saying that much more about this game, Kurt, but I will just end it with this. If you're the Steelers, this is this is going to be your season. This is like indicative of how you're going to win games. You're not going to light it up offensively. You're going to do just enough. And I mean like one play enough to win a game offensively. And you're going to have to have your defense play outstanding, which they did this game. If you're the Ravens, it's time to start asking these questions. Kurt. What did we hear all offseason from the Ravens? Adding all these wide receivers, revamping the offensive system. Lamar's going to run less and throw more. He's lighting it up in training camp. All this sort of shit. Kurt, they fucking suck. I don't care that there's injuries. Every team has injuries, right? At this point, every team has injuries. I don't even give a fuck. They have all these wide receiver weapons. OBJ is coming back. Mark Andrews has still been out there. Kurt, they're putting up fucking 10 points. They have two games in three weeks where they fail to score 20 points and lose to teams that are definitely worse than them. So I, this is troubling if you're a Ravens fan, especially that this is a division, a loss in the division to a team that they clearly should have beat. So listen, at least there's a team other than the Patriots that's struggling out here. Right, you tell it like it is. The Ravens just couldn't fucking make a catch in this game. It was it was insane. Yeah. Bruno, we had the Nathaniel Hackett Revenge Bowl this week. <laughs> that's what we had. True. So after you watch the Patriots get their fucking doors blown off, we get to watch the Hackett Revenge Bowl. Bruno, his new team, the New York Jets, went into Mile High. It's actually in Powerfield, I believe. Doesn't matter. It's still Mile High. Uh, and they took down the Denver Broncos 31-21. Bruno, Nathaniel Hackett got the last laugh. If you don't recall, Sean Payton had some... Taco Taco offseason comment. <laughs> and let me tell you, he was going at Nathaniel Hackett for like the worst coaching job in NFL yep. history, saying anything they did last year, we're going to try to do the complete opposite. Well, again, not a math guy. You're not doing the complete opposite. You're literally following exactly what he did because you fucking suck too, Sean Payton. Uh -huh. Bruno, he hit low key, Sean Payton. Loki sucks as a head coach. <laughs> Broncos are one and four with legit the worst defense in the NFL. The Broncos let the Jets rack up over 400 yards. Yes, yes, yes. Those Jets. The Zach Wilson-led Jets. The Jets with Robert Sala as their head coach. Okay? <laughs> Those Jets. 31 points. Literally, you should be eviscerated. You should be zapped <laughs> off the fucking planet. You and the Patriots. Hasta luego, bitch. Yeah, yeah baby. Bruno, I will say this. Will say this. Will say this. Russell Wilson does not look entirely incompetent, but he is not the quarterback anymore that can carry a team on his shoulders. He's just not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Okay? I think you are. You're not that guy. Okay? Sean Payton, definitely not that guy. Russell Wilson, also not that guy. Okay? Bruno, I don't know what that just took over me there. Um, I'm so fucking tired. Um, Bruno, Russ had an intentional grounding in the end zone for a safety. Like, that's you've been in the league for 48 years. You can't do that. You're not that guy. Okay. Bruno, Bryce Hall, not to be confused with Brees Hall, mm. scooping and scoring uh, a Broncos fumble for a return touchdown. The game was an unmitigated disaster for the Broncos once again. And then, like, Sean, it's so funny at the end of the game. Like, the Broncos know they've lost. I think Hackett's. Hugging everybody on the Jets sideline, and you know Sean Payton's trying to like call a hail mary play down ten with one second to go, acting all serious, yelling at people to get in the huddle. Homeboy, you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing me. You are not that guy, Bruno. 
that's all I have to say about the game. You can read whatever the fuck else you want. I am over that game. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. I, yeah. I love that. I mean, that that my takeaways from this episode. You're not that guy, pal. And uh, get off my continent. Those are two things that we're just gonna have to incorporate into things moving forward. Kurt. Yep. It is fucking time to talk about Desmond, goddamn Ritter, Kurt. And you can hear it in my voice. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about Desmond Ritter. I'm so excited that he's playing better than Mac Jones. It's fucking hype, Kurt. B. Atlanta Falcons beat the Houston Texans 21 time 19 this week. Kurt, you better start calling Desmond Ritter the Riddler because he solved the puzzle of if he's good or not. Just kidding. It's been one game, but he's certainly played good this week, Kurt. Uh, he leads a last second comeback. They beat the Texans 21 to 19. Kurt, I was giving Desmond Ritter tons of shit, right? I was basically, instead of calling him the Riddler, I was calling him uh, the Joker in recent weeks. Uh, not because he's an iconic Batman villain, Kurt, but more because he's literally just an absolute joke. He played so fucking bad two weeks ago when they lost the Jaguars where he had like eight turnovers, negative 347 passing yards and 12 fumbles in one game. It was so fucking bad. That might be a legit exaggeration. Don't ask stats guy to look that up or fact check that. Kurt, he not only read all the media and got all the heat for playing like an absolute buffoon last week, he came back against a Texans team that we're not saying is the best team in the NFL, but at least it's decent. They just put up 30 against the Steelers. They were playing decent, and he had a great game, Kurt. He had, most importantly, no turnovers. He had a passing touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown, and he led a game-winning drive with no seconds left on the clock for Brett LeClaire's favorite player, Young Ho Koo, to kick a game-winning field goal. So you're happy about that if you're a Falcons fan. Another reason you're happy if you're a Falcons, Kurt, Bijan Robinson. Kurt, he is so fucking electric. I, I don't think either of us are sitting here saying there's great value in drafting a running back in the top five or high up. You can find running backs in later rounds that have can produce equal stats. We've seen it time and time again. I know the top running backs don't want to hear that, but that just seems to be the trend recently. So like that is being said. What also still needs to be said, Bijan Robinson is just fucking incredible. Kurt, did you see that highlight on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, of the slow motion replay of Bijan Robinson, like sideways catching that the, the, the pass from Ritter and then just running into the end zone? It was fucking sick. Kurt. Uh, hopefully, did you get a chance to see that? I did. Like from, from the, I don't know how they got that fucking angle. Dude, sniper. Like it was sweet. It was crazy. It was, it was awesome. So I would rewatch that over and over again if I was a Falcons fan. Kurt, not only just that, but if you're the Falcons, you have to be happy because for once, this is such a crazy concept, Kurt. So like, hold your fucking horses here. The Falcons utilized their best offensive weapons all together. Holy shit, bro. The Falcons. Weird. They learned how to win a football game. Kurt, not only did Bijan Robinson pop off this game, they also had seven and six catches from their boys, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Their top two offensive draft picks from the last two drafts, or three drafts, I guess, with Bijan Robinson this year. Crazy concept, Kurt, that they're utilizing all their top guys. Kurt, a little depressing, and you mentioned this earlier, their fourth option at this point, who's putting up some nubbies, Jonu Smith. Woohoo! No, love no, fucking, love no. Fucking, love to fucking see that. Kurt, good for the Falcons. Again, in the grand scheme of things, this game probably doesn't change much. For the Texans side of things, Kurt, I still think they're a promising team. This was an interesting thing that the part of my take noted this week that I think we should at least comment on, Kurt. CJ Stroud, impressive without a doubt that he's now set the record for most pass attempts by a rookie quarterback to start his career. It's like at 190 or whatever it's at right now, right? Um, Kurt, uh, are you or are you not saying at this point that CJ Stroud should just throw his first pick? Because there is an argument to be said that I don't think he's like playing conservatively and like not trying not to throw a pick like i'm not saying that but i will say i feel like he's definitely aware of it they've probably talked about it non-stop it's one of the highlights of the season it has to be at least like in his mind of like 
maybe not second guessing himself, but even subconsciously being like, don't throw a pick, don't make the bad decision, whatever. Kurt, there's no in-betweens. He either just needs to throw a pick on his first pass of his next game and just get it over with, or he needs to go the entire season throwing zero interceptions. What do you think is more likely to happen, Kurt? I hope he I hope he doesn't throw an interception all year. I'm kind of with you. I want the I I hope his first pass of the next game is a pick. Just get out of the way. Just fucking You already set the it. record. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it, bro. You're not the hey, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that fucking <laughs> guy. Oh my god. Uh, fucking is what it is, baby. Bruno, we got one more game to chitty chat about. Let's do it. Do you know do you know which game I'm referring to? Hmm, I wonder what it could possibly be. Uh, the Swifties have been waiting all episode they have. for this one. Yeah, uh, we, we've kept them waiting, and we are no longer going to do that, Bruno. In yet another close game for both the Chiefs and the Vikings, the Chiefs they just be continuing what they've been doing the entire goddamn year, winning close games. While the team who won all the close games last year, the Minnesota Vikings, have been doing what they do this year and losing all the close games that they've been in. We're now 27-20 El Travador and the Kansas City. <laughs> uh, Bruno, for for a moment, all the new NFL fans, all the Swifties, had to hold their collective breath because Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> caught a pass from a homo, went down <laughs> non-contact injury. We don't like those oh. non-contact. His ankle went snippity-snap, it looked like. But then they're like, whoa, Achilles, what do we got? We got a little Aaron Rodgers issue. Nar. Travis Kelsey comes back, guts it out, plays through it. Uh, he even caught a touchdown pass because, of course, the fuck he did. Of course. Because it's Travis Kelsey, and they wrote that into the script. Um, the Swifties, Bruno, they might single-handedly make Roger Goodell ban turf because they were unhappy <laughs> they were that, their, that their man <laughs> went down with a non-contact football injury. Yeah. Uh, they were not pleased. No. Maybe Taylor write a song about turf. That sure. would be great. Um, Bruno, unfortunately, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, the turf monster, he don't fucking discriminate, and he demanded a sacrifice. However, I bet the Vikings were wishing it wasn't sacrificing JJ Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Bruno, turf monster, Justin Jefferson felt the wrath, brother. He is the best receiver in the NFL. He hurt his leg slipping on the turf. He's already been placed on IR. This could lead to, they even think, maybe a couple-month injury, maybe more than four games. No bueno for the Vikings. Bruno, I asked the question. At, with the record they're at, what are they at, one and four? Yeah. Kirk Cousins is a, he is going to be a free agent next year. He ain't staying in Minnesota. Is it time to ship that bad boy off for some, for some parts? I think if I'm the Vikings, I'm taking the calls, and I'm sending Kirk somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think the biggest reason you wouldn't trade Kirk Cousins, Kurt, is if Justin Jefferson would be made unhappy. Well, number one, he's out for at least four games, if not more. Number two, he's already unhappy. They're one and four. He's putting up numbers, but he's already unhappy. So, Kurt, at this point, you're either going to lose Kirk Cousins to free agency. I mean, I guess they could come back, but let's assume they're not coming back. Or Justin Jefferson is unhappy, doesn't want to sign a new deal. And then after his last year, he leaves too. You're looking at two of your best, your two best players leaving for nothing in in, uh, in free agency. So you at least have to have the consideration. If you're already going to have a shitty fucking season, if Justin Jefferson's already out and it doesn't matter how happy he is because he's already out and injured. Honestly, 
you're this is the maximum value for Kirk Cousins, especially for a Jets team that's like, I'm not going to say they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're still in contention. So it's going to be talked about every single week from here on out. Mark my words, on October 10th, mm. Kirk Cousins traded to the NYJ. New York Jets at some point this year. It just it makes sense. It just makes sense. It makes sense. Bruno, the only other thing from this game I want to talk about, again, the Chiefs, it's still we're waiting for them to get that offense kicked into that second gear. Uh, you know, again, I don't love Mahomes' weapons outside of Travis Kelsey. He threw a touchdown pass to a guy named Rashi Rice. <laughs> That's not a real name. That's not a real name. <laughs> No shot, Bruno. They need to get it together offensively, but perhaps that might not happen because Matt Nagy is your offensive coordinator. So, no bueno for El Travador. Okay, Travador. But the but the Chiefs they keep doing their thing, Bruno. They're on. They they're they're winning these close games still. And uh, homeboy, that's a wrap. Kurt, imagine winning a game. Nope. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Damn, Kurt. Damn. You know, it's weird. We, like, could have segued into, like, imagine winning a game. We could have segued into the Patriots. But, Kurt, time travel. We already did. That was – I actually like starting with the Patriots. Yeah, it felt good. Other than the fact that we talked about the Patriots for an alarming amount of time. And we were like, oh, shit. But you know what? Unlike the Bills who can't beat time zones, we can – time is our bitch. We decide how long we're recording for. So, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck the Pats. <laughs> fuck, fuck everything. Kurt's ready for fucking bed. Well – because we don't have the Patriots anymore. That was our last game. That was our last thing we're talking about. So, as always, we will be doing pick six on Sunday. I'll give you a hint. You're only going to have to tune in for five picks. By the time my phone shits the bed, you already know who, what's going to happen in the fifth pick because I'm picking the fucking Raiders to win this week. I bet Kurt will be following right behind me. Um, so, yes. tune in for the other five picks. Of course, there's always some spice and intrigue. Kurt's only two games back. For for all the shit talk about Kurt's slow season for pick six, he's literally two games back in the standings. That shows you Kurt's just a fucking force, and I'm just a Bruno. I'm just going to mush myself to infinity and beyond Buzz Lightyear. Um, so we'll see what happens this time on the pick six. But as always, full of optimism, full of hope, full of joy, full of life, full of excitement, and full of energy, we sign off another heartwarming, super fun episode of Playing the Field, uh, where we always love talking about the Patriots and how well they're doing. So... On that note, Kurt, we shall see you next time on Playing the Beat. Bye, guys. Keep it real.